This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. More than a quarter of Illinois residents are living in a food desert. That means at least three million people in the state struggle to get access to the nutrition they need. These food deserts, they aren't only in Chicago. They're also found in rural communities. And to address the problem, Governor Pritzker signed the Grocery Initiative Act into law last week. It aims to expand fresh and healthy options across the state. It includes $20 million of grant funding and assistance for grocery stores and research on food insecurity. Now, community groups here in Chicago, they've been organizing for better access to healthy food for years. But a WBEZ Chicago Sun-Times analysis found that in the past decade, the number of Chicagoans living in a food desert has increased by 63%. We are joined now by WBEZ Data Projects editor Alden Lowry, the man who crunched the numbers. Welcome back to Reset, Alden. Uh, thanks, Sasha. 63% increase. Wow, Alden, that's a big jump in the number of folks in the city just living in, in, in a food desert. Was that shocking for you to find as a statistic in your analysis? Um, I think the fact that the food scarcity is an issue was not a surprise. It's been an issue for decades now. The fact that over this past 10 years, from 2013 to 2023, that the numbers had jumped so much was a little bit of a surprise. Um, going into this project, uh, working with uh, Mariah Rush at the Sun-Times, uh, you know, there has been a lot of coverage about some very particular losses. We had the losses of four Walmart locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the loss of the uh, Whole Foods in Inglewood. Uh, and then there had been a loss of an Aldi in Auburn Gresham and also in West Garfield Park. Um, uh, within the last couple of years. And so it was on, uh, I think, on the radar of a lot of people uh, on a kind of case by case basis. Right. You know, those instances. But to but, hear that number yeah. and, and know that that's the increase, uh, that's that's alarming. Your analysis is relying on the definition of a food desert as set out by the USDA. Remind us of the parameters there? Well, there are a number of ways of quote unquote a food desert is described. We went with, I would say, uh, one aspect of, uh, I think, is a more comprehensive definition. Uh, there are some that use uh, whether you have, uh, uh, you know, you have a car and so on and so forth. So our definition essentially was if you live within a mile of what we were, uh, what the USDA describes as a supermarket or a superstore, mm-hmm. um, and those, uh, by their definition, are described as essentially full-service grocery stores that offer meat for fresh produce, uh, along with what you would normally expect yeah. to find in a grocery store. Let's go back to something that you you teased a moment ago: the fact that there have been several major grocery stores in our area closed in recent months, right? Uh, we're going to hear directly from uh, community organizers who are fighting for better access to food in, in just a moment. But from your analysis of the data, Alden, how do you understand the impact of those closures? I think what it, it re- requires people to do is essentially, in a common sense way, uh, have to find another option um, for for their groceries. And travel further. And they have to travel further, if, especially if they want to go to the grocer that, that closed nearby. Um, but it also, I think the impact, part of the impact is folks will choose options that are nearby. So, you know, our analysis is looking at the distance between these larger full service places, but there are literally hundreds of places where you can buy groceries. I mean, I think there are over 1,800 locations that accept uh, in our our, uh, our, our uh, universe was uh, institutions that accept SNAP benefits. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, over 1,800 of them in the city of Chicago. So you literally can find these places everywhere in every part of the city. But we're talking about 
gas stations. We're talking about mom and pop stores. We're talking about dollar stores. We're talking about a lot of places that aren't going to have everything that you need. And, and aren't necessarily going to have the most healthy options. Not the most healthy options and then may not necessarily have the best financial options as well. Um, so uh, so that's part of the impact. Uh, and the other is, you know, you literally have to go somewhere else uh, to do your major shopping. And that has a kind of a residual impact because, the more that people travel outside of their communities and patronize stores in other parts of the city, the more they build a financial case for those stores to be where they're located. Right. And to some degree, they even build a case for stores not to come to their neighborhoods. From past analyses that I've done, there are literally billions of dollars in black Chicago that are spent in other parts of the city. And again, like I said, just kind of compounding that problem. Mm. What are the reasons that we're hearing from, from these major grocers who are pulling out of communities and does your data back up what they're telling us? So the data that we have literally just kind of tells us where the stores are located. Right. Um, the, the things that Mariah was hearing in, in her conversations with, uh, uh, with the companies themselves and with people who have been kind of following this issue is that the stores complain about uh, the fact that they were losing money. Walmart uh, said they were losing literally tens of millions of dollars in all eight of their Chicago locations and that they closed four of them in an effort to save the other four. Um, I think the Aldi, when it closed in Auburn Gresham, talked about how they had been hit um, by looting, how they've been you know, having issues with with uh, with theft. Um, and that's that's something that is also discussed. Uh, Mariah also mentioned in her reporting with this story was that the cost of doing business in some neighborhoods where we know there to, to be issues with food access is is higher. People are paying more for security and things of that nature. Um, so so those are the things that we're hearing. I really wish I had data. I am actually starving. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry for data that will allow Allow me to to verify what Walmart claims, because when I look at the data that is available, Mm -hmm. SEC filings about how much money Walmart Corporation is making within the United States, I don't see tens of millions of dollars being lost. I actually see a very steady growth. Looks like people are going there. Right. People are shopping at your store. So it makes me wonder if perhaps there are financial issues that Walmart is having. And these are the stores that they've decided to to trim in order to take care of those. Now, granted, maybe there may very well be some of those kinds of issues. But like I said, I don't I, I would really love to have local numbers that tell me how much money were these stores bringing in. Of course, that's it's information that Walmart isn't or any corporation probably isn't very willing to do. Um, but yeah. uh, so there's a, there's a gray area there, I think. So some grocers in the city, though, they've done well in the last few years and they've expanded. So where in the city are these grocers expanding and how do they compare uh, to the communities that we've seen full service grocery stores leave? Uh, They're growing on they're growing, I would say, more so in and around the downtown area. And then to a lesser extent, they're growing uh, in parts of the north side. Uh, There are literally some north side communities where you can find uh, several target locations uh, just within a few miles. Um, I think there are 22 of them in the city. 19 of them are north of Roosevelt Road. Three are south of Roosevelt Road. The three that are south of Roosevelt Road are not in majority black communities. The two stores that Target had there, they closed in 2019. At the same time, they were opening stores on the north side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's the, the general pattern in terms of where we're, where we're seeing growth. We know these issues impact certain communities more than others. You've touched on this a, a bit more, but dig in. I mean, who's being 
impacted the most here? We're talking about our black residents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we take a look at the numbers, when we talk about that growth, every demographic, racial demographic, ethnic group is experiencing it, white, black, Latino, Asian. Um, But African-Americans are the vast majority of those uh, where where we're seeing the increase occur. Yeah, uh, in your, from your reporting, it says in 2023, one in every 12 black residents is experiencing low food access compared to one in every 105 white residents. Exactly. To what extent do you think the pandemic sped up the decline of some of these full service grocers that we're talking about? That's a good question. I don't have a very definitive answer to that. What I will say, and, and I think when we hear Walmart talk about the tens of millions of dollars that they're losing, I do think about uh, the the pandemic and more specifically, the uh, kind of uh, civil uh, unrest that we saw in the aftermath of uh, George Floyd's uh, mm-hmm. murder. Uh, some of the stores in the communities where these, some of the, yeah, some of the stores in the communities where these grocers are closing were hit very, very hard in terms of the damage and the looting and so on and so forth. And I just wonder if that really set the tone for some of these, particularly Walmart, to say. Maybe we want to reconsider. Walmart had actually invested millions of dollars to build a kind of separate facility on the campus of where its Chatham Supercenter was located. That store was closed. The Supercenter was closed for a period of weeks longer than many other grocery stores had been closed. And they ended up having to shut down that Mm. uh, separate facility. It was like a Walmart training facility that they built there. And so I, I just wonder if that was part of their rationale to say, hey, look, we've had a bad experience here and maybe we want to see what's our what our best exit is. Interesting stuff. That's WBEZ Data Projects editor Alden Lowry speaking about access to food here in Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Foster. Let's bring in a few other voices. We're joined now by Angela Taylor, who's the wellness coordinator at Garfield Park Community Council. And we're also joined by Laurel Sims, who's co-founder of the Urban Growers Collective. Laurel and Angela, welcome to Reset. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us and magnifying this really important issue. For sure. Angela, let's let's start with you here. You are a resident of West Garfield Park. Two years ago, a, a supermarket closed there and you are still here feeling the impact. So as someone who's shopped at that store, talk to us about what happened. Here today, gone tomorrow. I actually had been in the Aldi's the day before about bell peppers. The next day I needed another item right around the corner walkable, accessible in the community. And I drive around the corner, and it's boarded up, signed on, and it's gone. They actually packed up in the middle of the night and abandoned our community. Mm. I had no notice shopping the day before. The shelves were full, as if they they're up and active for business. And overnight, it changed. And it was very, very impactful to the community because we had no notice. No All, signage? Nothing? No, no. no. Uh, closing, sale, signs, like in other stores, n- no warning completely. This week, the city announced that it received two proposals for the property that was previously owned by Aldi. Both would bring a, a full-service grocery store and affordable housing options to the site. What do you say that's going to mean for West Garfield Park? an opportunity for the residents to step up and save ourselves. Um, Looking at the situation after the Aldi's left and waiting for who, which grocery store, Walmart's, Jewel's, Mariano's, anybody to step up and say, we're 
come and we'll be there. It did not happen. And that let us realize at the community level, nobody is coming to save us. We need to do something to attempt to save ourselves. So with the community grocery store initiative that we have stood up in West Garfield Park, we have been working since late last year to do research and study various models of community building wealth hub models for a grocery store that will be created by us and for us. We've been able to closely work with both of the developers that applied for to build this development and the corridor. And I'm very happy. It's been a wonderful relationship working with them, them listening to community to help identify when they lay out their plan, their rendering of what it was going to be, it will reflect what they've heard from community, which gets buy-in from community, which gets support from community, which brings about the success of the community creating and helping to bring a grocery store for yeah. us all to benefit the from. The common denominator there being the community, it sounds like. I mean, Laura, let's let's bring you in here because for several years now, the Urban Growers Collective uh, you've been running the Fresh Moves Mobile Market, and some have called it a, a produce aisle on wheels. You know, yes. Tell us a bit about that, that program. So um, Urban Girls Collective is an urban farming nonprofit that's black and women-led in Chicago. And um, we do job training and create economic opportunities for youth and beginner BIPOC farmers. And a lot of the produce that we grow on the 11 acres that we are cultivating is for our Fresh Moves mobile market. And that's a bus that we've retrofitted that's able to um, be a farmer's market on wheels. So we load it up with about 47 varieties of fruits and vegetables every day, along with rice and beans and other staples. And we partner with community organizations to be able to get food out into the south and west side of south south and west side communities. And I'd really just like to emphasize everything that Angela said. She's an incredible community leader in West Garfield Park and has mentored youth and really done so much farming work um, in the community. And for these initiatives to really work and why I'm so excited about the Grocery Initiative Act is that it really helps bring in community and be able to express the needs that they have and the wants that they have because there's not any really one-size-fits-all that will work in every community in Chicago. What's it been like organizing urban growers through the collective, Laurel? Um, It's been really, it's it's been fascinating, a huge learning curve for us. Um, But I think also something that's been so exciting um, to just be able to see how many folks, I mean, I think especially post-pandemic, who are really interested in growing our local food economy and really want to be part of it, whether it's, you know, just growing some food in their backyard or at our community gardens or really diving in and knowing that we need more growers, especially growers uh, who are people of color, um, to help support the communities that they live in and to really grow, you know, culturally affirming and nutritionally dense food so that we have that safety net if anything like the pandemic happens again. Yeah. What's the response been from from shoppers at the mobile market? So it was huge. I think especially post-pandemic, folks really saw how... um, how vulnerable our food system is. And so during the years after COVID, so 2020 to 2022, we were serving about 35,000 people a year um, through our Fresh Moves mobile market. And we've definitely seen a huge increase in 
uh, folks who are buying in our community supported agriculture program, our farmers markets. So more, I think more, more and more people are learning and wanting local food. Um, That's, that's really keeping resources in their community. Angela, there are several senior centers that are within a block of the property that was once owned by Aldi. Have you heard from them about how they've been impacted? Of course. Uh, we, too, in West Garfield, uh, the council, we operate a farmer's market, and we were gifted last year a golf cart, which we mobile fitted, where we would be able to take produce to the senior buildings in the community. So to meet, excuse me, to meet them where they are and make sure they have provisions. Uh, the response uh, for COVID and once the Aldi's closed, there was a lot of food boxes uh, coming to communities. Uh, our partners at Rush, they set up a food distribution once a week for 12 weeks. The council, along with other partners, stood up a pop-up grocery store that we're still doing now to make sure that there is excess of something in the community for our residents. And we take good care of our seniors because we take the produce to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, how does a lack of access to a full-service grocery store impact the quality of life uh, of the folks in West Garfield Park? Well, my thought process is this. If you eat well, you'll think well and you'll do well. So if you're not eating well, you're not thinking well, and you're not doing well. And I think what we hear in the news today is a reflection of that because we're not focusing on nutrition lives now giving us quality inside of our bodies so that we're able to sleep well, get up, be able to think better, and then be productive to do better. Yeah. I'm curious what you wish major grocers understood about the community's needs. Laurel, you first. You know, I think one thing is is that, you know, I know that the grocers are in it to make money. And one of the things I think we as a society really have to rethink, um, especially given some of the facts that Alden uh, started us out with, is that, you know, many of our West, West Side and South Side communities have been lacking resources and have been divested for you know, the last 75 years. Mm -hmm. And so it's really time for us to invest in the folks who live there. And so for the city, for the state of Illinois to be able to really help resource those communities so that they're able to, um, you know, do basic necessities, like be able to have quality food is really important. So I think that we really, as a, you know, as a city have to really rethink how we think about resources and know that we need to invest those resources now to make sure that, you know, folks have the quality of life that they should have um, in Chicago. What are your thoughts there, Angela? What do you wish that major grocers understood about what the community needs? We're people too. We want to eat like everybody else, and we want to eat and have quality in our communities. We're just like everybody else. I know for a long time you heard the phrase hood. I'm from the hood. Well, I'm from a neighborhood. And that's what's reflected across the city of Chicago, 77 neighborhoods. Garfield Park is one of them, and they should have access to things like the other communities do as well, especially as far as the basic need of food. Yeah, I mean, and as the wellness coordinator, you've been the leader in the community grocery initiative search 
for for businesses, you know, with, with the mission and, and values that align with the needs of residents, right? So to your point, I mean, you're looking for more. You want your you, your values, right? The the hope that the neighborhood can communicate to businesses that we belong. We need your attention. And sometimes if nobody again is coming to erect or stand it up for you, you need to position yourself to stand it up for yourself. And that's my call to communities, call to action. We need to stand up, learn what we can, know what we need to do, and then support ourselves so that we can eat like other communities. And I think it would be a great model to share with others that we can. Yeah. We're resilient. Laurel, where can folks find the schedule for the mobile market? So it's on our website at urbangrowerscollective.org. That's Laurel Sims, who's the co-founder of the Urban Growers Collective, which, among other things, connects urban growers to communities that are impacted by a lack of food access through its mobile market. And Angela Taylor, who's the wellness coordinator at Garfield Park Community Council. And they were talking about efforts to bring a community-focused supermarket to West Garfield Park. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.